0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: I knew this guy, Christian Petroni, was a star way before Food Network came calling. It was back in 2015 when I was launching the lower Hudson Valley version of Restaurant Hunter. I had him doing a cooking demo for us. I was a little nervous about the cooking demo because cooking demos usually involve dishes with a lot of steps because local chefs need a lot of steps because you don't want them to have to fill in all the blanks of what's going on when they're not used to being on TV and Christian brought us the Luigi Bianco pizza and it did not have a lot of steps and I was a little nervous because I didn't know Christian back then and I'm going, is this guy going to leave me with a two or three minute hole to fill on my own and then Christian did Christian... And I was floored watching the rough cut of it in the edit bay. This guy is just a natural storyteller. He more than carried it. And I thought to myself right then and there, I said to everybody in the edit bay, I'm like, this guy's got a career in TV if he wants it. And here we are. (laughs) Christian Petroni, Food Network star. Fortina joins me via social distancing technology here on Hot Takes on a Plate on the Believe Podcast Network. Christian, thank you so much for taking the time And, you know, I got the sense back then that you were just winging it. You were telling your Luigi Bianco story. All that just came naturally, that everything you were doing with 14, was a bit loose and giddy. And now here you are, not one, but five restaurants, a legitimate TV career, and a wife and two kids. And, oh, yeah, global pandemic to manage. In the last five years, how much have you had to grow up? I mean, you still find the fun in it, but it's different now, isn't it?
0: You know what? You fight that. You fight to keep the fun, right? And that's so important. So I really, because from day one of at least Fortina, right? Eight years, almost eight years ago, I fought to keep what was true to us, which was the fun and the food and the culture behind it at the forefront. So, um, and, and, and I'm not afraid to delegate from, you know? So, and I'm not afraid to give up, what I have to in order to have the best around me, you know? So I'm able to have fun, be creative. I'm realistic with myself in the sense that I know what I'm good at, right? And um, I'm very fortunate that I've, I've done my 10,000 plus hours, you know, and I've paid my dues, still paying dues, but i paid a lot of them, I think, and I'm in a position now to do a lot of hard work, you know, I got my first job in a restaurant when I was 12 years old in a huge catering hall, you know, imagine dropping a 12-year-old today in a catering hall in a dish pit, you know, like, it was like the size of, like, most restaurants, like, it was a crazy scene, you know, and, a lot of people don't see that they don't they they don't see it they don't know it and you know if you work hard it's why i tell everybody because everybody wants everything now 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 and i get it like you should have that mentality you should have what you want and you should have it as quick as possible right but you also need to be realistic and you know what they say shoot for the stars you know aim for the stars and you know, hit the clouds and you'll be pretty happy. So, yeah, I mean, that's
1: that. One of the reasons I wanted to have you on is we're in this global pandemic with COVID-19 and you're a guy I've been watching from the, even before this really hit, you were adapting, you were ahead of the curve. I've seen you make so many pivots that in my head, I'm going, that's what everybody should be doing. So just talk a little bit about the pivots and the adaptations you've had to make now in the face of this.
0: Now that we are in this this pandemic, we are in this crazy, historic, unprecedented position, you can do a few things. You can just watch the news nonstop, comment and rant on social media and see your friends, and hope for the best and I don't know, good luck to those people or you can look left and look right and slam on the gas. Slam on it. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm using this as an an opportunity for evolution to provide a better experience to my guests and doing that May result in some unprecedented changes in the concept, or who knows?
1: Back when, before restaurants were closed and you could sit down in a restaurant, you were the first person I saw go on social media and outline for the public the safety measures you were taking to make people feel safe in your restaurant. I was saying back, you know, when, when it was mandated that restaurant dining rooms could not be open, that you know, y- there needed to be a pivot from regular sort of traditional takeout and delivery to meal kits and to this idea of, hey, if you're a chef and you have a platform, you can cook, of you know, do a cooking video, a cooking demo and show people how to make the meal kit at home and they could cook along with you. and. That's what you're doing. Like, not a lot of people are doing that where they're connecting the dots. They might be doing a cooking video separate of anything. They might be doing family-style dinners or whatever. They're not connecting the dots, and you did that, like, so quickly.
0: Yeah. You know, well, we, we already kind of um, dabbled our toes in the water when it comes to meal kits, you know, um, about a year ago, a year and a half ago. Um, Jody my incredible director of operations, you know, uh, she launched a um, a, a meal kit system that was just based on the five restaurants, pick it up, take it home, direction, nice, nice, you know? And, um, and then Blue Apron saw that, and, uh, which was cool. And then we did a a national deal. uh, I was able to do a national deal with Blue Apron, uh, which was pretty much inspired by our meal kits, for us at least, right? And then, and then, and then once that that was that kind of was done, um, we got very busy again with the restaurants, you know, um, really just pushing the envelope on on trying to comp and and get better and and you know always replacing the bottom 10% and just you know always wanting to be better. So we really focused on that, and we stopped with the meal kits, you know. Um, we haven't really gotten back into it. So when this whole um, pandemic hit. And we saw an opportunity where we could very simply put our fresh pasta, butter, parmesan, pecorino, you know, some fresh black pepper and have them pick up this little cacio pepe kit and take it home. And then, you know, I had a, I would have a scheduled um, Instagram live for so 14 pizzas Instagram. I go on there, I do it. Everyone either watches and then goes and does their kit or they can even cook along, right? And all these all these videos are gonna end up living on my YouTube page. So they will always be a good reference just to go back if you like the way I do it, you know. Um, it may not be the most traditional, but it's my dishes really stay true to the original, with or just minor tweaks. Like the classic cacho peppers made with pecorino. You know, I think the pecorino is a little hard on the American palate, right? So I do half parmesan half pecorino. So, you know, if you're from Rome and you hear that, you'll probably want to, you know, strangle me. But, you know, I really don't care, you
1: know? You're not Italian. You're Italian-American.
0: American-Italian, baby.
1: There you go. Let's have some fun, Christian, shall we? We, We've had enough um, COVID talk for the time being. Let's have some fun. The people they need a distraction, so we're gonna play a game here that we play on Hot Takes on a Plate here on the Believe Podcast Network. It's called Tell Me I'm Right, Tell Me I'm Wrong. So I'm gonna throw some hot takes at you, and they're gonna be hot takes that tie into what you know—Italian American or American Italian food, however you want to call it—and you're gonna you're gonna hear my hot take. And you look—if you disagree with me, give it back to me. Tell me why I'm right. Tell me why I'm wrong. You ready? All right. First one: the sauce versus gravy debate. The sauce versus gravy debate. First off, who cares? I really don't care. Call it whatever you want. Whatever makes you happy, whatever. Floats your boat, good for you. That said, me personally, gravy goes on a biscuit. Gravy goes on mashed potatoes. Sauce goes on meatballs and sausage and brijol. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong.
0: Here's what I'll tell you, who am I, who are you, who is anyone to say to someone the way you grew up and the way that you were taught is wrong? I agree. Right? I was of. I used to be the very strong sauce, 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 and sauce, and sauce. What are you <laughs> talking about? Oh, oh, pardon part of me, while I spit on my own floor too, right? No, and now I've like maybe you know I've had I've had a couple of kids. You know I cry at the drop of a dime now. You know, very emotional. Um, but I really am a. I really truly believe that if it's what your noni or your nona or your abuela or your anything, if it's what it's how you were taught, it's how you grew up, it's the way it's what it's called in your family, you can call it uh, uh, chocolate pudding. I don't care <laughs> if that's the way you grew up calling it. Who am I to tell you you're wrong?
1: You and I are are, are very democratic with this. We do believe that that people should have the choice to call it sauce or gravy, but we both also know deep down that it's it's sauce if you're from where we're from.
0: Obviously. (laughs) All right, next
1: one. Saucing pasta. Now, so many of our Italian-American brethren will take pasta and just ladle sauce over it, all of the spaghetti emoji, and it drives me crazy. You got to incorporate the sauce. You got to toss it. You know, you got to, you want that sauce to marry with the pasta. Now, look, I'll admit there is a bit of a nostalgia factor to having a chicken parm with some spaghetti on the side and some sauce labeled over it. But I mean, is it that hard to incorporate the sauce with the pasta? I'm just saying, sauce your pasta right, people. Tell me I'm
0: right. Tell me I'm wrong. Rob, if you got were bricks, you can build a skyscraper, my friend. Right, a lot of you got being thrown around. You gotta do this. <laughs> you gotta do that. Here's what you gotta do. Um, I agree with you. Right, uh, uh pasta, traditional pasta dishes. Right, um, uh, pasta chuta, uh cacio pepe, uh, carbonara. All these. Or any think of any pasta, penne vodka, Right, beautiful American pasta. Right? Um, yes, the sauce makes the most sense. To have it all incorporated together, you mount it with a little little thumbnail of butter, some extra virgin olive oil. You know, you've heard that song before, you know. But if you recall, you can really dive into my Instagram. There is a style that I do every now and again that I like to call catering hall style.
1: You and I have had this conversation on social media before. I remember because I posted. You were upset
0: about it? You hated
1: it. Well, I remember I was in Lake George. I forget how many years ago, and I ate at a really old school Italian American place, and they dumped the sauce on top of the pasta and didn't incorporate it. And I, I, I was curious then, like, like what were the origins of that? Like, I'm, I was so like, like I'm fascinated how. That because that's not how it's done in Italy. So, like, how, like, like, was it just a quick pickup in diners? Like, what was the, the origin of doing it that way?
0: It, it's, it's, you know, if I, I, I don't know, but if I had a guess, I'd say it, it, it was just like maybe the, the lack of knowledge of the American Italian cooks and, you know, um, maybe how they were taught or, you know, shortcuts were always very big, right? Um, it'd be way easier just to make a big um, thing of pasta and a big thing of sauce and combine the two as you go and not dirty a hundred pans, you know? Um, So I'm sure, you know, um, like, you know, um, uh, industrial-type dining, that wasn't easy. Uh, How do you do, you know, cacio e pepe for a thousand miners, you know, or fishermen or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, so... um, I think that's part of it, but Rob, you can't sit there and tell me that if I, like, okay, I'm all excited. now. You cannot sit there and tell me like my ravioli at Fortino is not catering style. I cook the, ravi, the cheese raviolis. We take it out. We drain it really good. We put it in a metal bowl with a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. We toss it. We lay that on the plate just like that. And then I throw the sauce over it. It gets more extra virgin, really green olive oil and fresh basil. Now, Rob, are you going to sit there and tell me right now that if you were sitting down in front of that plate of ravioli, that has been saturated in delicious marinata, extra virgin olive oil. Oh, yeah, forget, more Parmesan cheese on top. You got a piece of garlic bread right on the side. You really have
1: an issue that those raviolis were cooked in the sauce. Now or, I'm good. no, timeout, timeout. Now I time time will say this: I feel <laughs> like ravioli gets an asterisk because ravioli to me is like a different animal. The
0: fact that it's it's these these gnocchi, thing. well gnocchi, you're telling me, but I gnocchi's not gnocchi, pasta. I, my mom, you're me. <laughs> okay. Listen, you know, but you're right. You know what? You're right. The things that I'm saying, yeah, I don't recommend it. Okay. Like spaghetti, okay. spaghetti, like, like it's going to stick
1: together. The spaghetti is going to stick. Like what you said with the ravioli, no, the, the, you're putting the olive oil on it. It's not going to stick.
0: I'm picturing, I'm picturing my fresh pasta, which you can do this way and it works. Right. Right. Um, If I, if I picture like a, a classic, which is nothing wrong with this, but like a classic uh, dried the penne. You know, out of the box,
1: all stuck and together. So, four of them glued together because there's no sauce to, to to separate them. Just
0: these. Well, you these, can eliminate. Uh, yeah, you could eliminate that by putting olive oil in right. the water.
1: But nobody's doing that.
0: To, really? Yeah. So yeah, I get it. Um, yeah, gnocchi would suck up sauce more. Raviolis has a little more going on. So, yeah, that I agree with you with parameters. Yes, I agree with you. All
1: right, next one. I think you're gonna like this one. The best heroes chicken parm, meatball parm, all that jazz needs to be served on bread that quite literally damages the roof of your mouth. You need Italian bread that when you bite into that hero is so jagged and so sharp that you your, your mouth almost starts bleeding. It may start bleeding. That to me is like, it sounds odd because you're inflicting pain on your mouth, but don't give me that soft, kind of what is this you know white bread kind of thing like don't give me that i want my mouth to hurt i want those sesame seeds when i take that bite in there i want the outside of that hero to be so toasted that literally you are damaging the roof of my mouth you know that feeling right that pleasure and pain of eating a hero tell me i'm right tell me i'm wrong oh
0: rob you are a madman. my (laughs) god what happened to that sweet rob i used to know uh, no. My sadomasochistic
1: wow. side, I guess. I do it with heroes.
0: <laughs> no, you're wrong. Really? You're wrong. But you also eliminated anything in between. You went straight like from the depths of Dante's Inferno Italian bread to white, soft, like, you know, BS bread, right? I... And there is an in between. And here's the thing. It's the same thing with my cheeseburgers. Don't give me a cheeseburger. That's going to give me an anxiety attack when I try to eat it. And it's like, this yes, big I like, agree. And I feel the same way with sandwiches. If, if, you know, an Italian combo, well, not even, you know what? Cause I don't hold that, but like a chicken farm, um, sub, right on hard, like, bread like we're talking about yes if you're in if, listen again if that's what you like god bless you right but you need like as a as a chef and a restaurateur i need to engineer this thing right down the middle right so i have my my bread from uncle vinnie at ilveto pane on Blondell avenue with the Bronx, right and he makes a traditional semolina bastone. Covered in sesame seeds. Yes. The bottom covered in sesame seeds, right? And it's got a nice crust and it's got a nice little bit of, not even a little, it's got a nice crunch. It's got the ridges on the top that give you different textures of crunch, different layers, right? Well, you cut through that and it's like soft heaven. Yes, yes. I, now, I, now, I, no, no, no,
1: look, yes, the yeah. inside can be soft, but the outside needs to cut your mouth.
0: Well, then. But then it's just the right balance of like, like, like. You always shoot. I always shoot for like. I try to imagine like, cracking through a creme brulee. Yes, a crème good brûlée, analogy. Right? Where not a lot of pressure. You're not gonna. You're not gonna cut yourself your mouth eating a creme brulee. You're not supposed to, at this, right? And it's it all plays. It's it's friggin' sandwich engineering, bro. I'm telling you, it's important now. Again, you're at home, you're like, yo, I'm going to make a meatball sub the way I like it. And you're talking about getting a filone, right? An Italian filone or a panna di casa from Terra Nova Bakery, which are those round loaves, right? With the thick crust and it's airy and beautiful on the inside, right? And they, they put it and they cut it in half and they put it in those machines with like a thousand little saw blades. <laughs> and, they, and they take it out, and they put it in the bag, and you have those long, thin slices that are so beautiful, right? If that's what you like, then like that's how you do with that, right? And but you gotta understand that bread gets cut long ways with lots of surface area yes. because the crust is so crunchy and such a part of this thing that it's a lot, believe it or not they want an italian baker who makes that type of bread would would advise against using it in that way you know what i mean now
1: i've had look honestly i'm not just saying this your meatball parm hero that you do for lunch at fortina is one of the best meatball parm heroes i've ever had because you're not trying to reinvent the wheel you're trying to do what we all grew up eating but just a little bit better and I can't definitively remember if it cut up the roof of my mouth or not, but I really liked it a lot. So it must have scraped it a little bit. It had to.
0: It's great. No, no, no. Here's the thing, bro. It definitely, 100%, I can tell you right now, scratches that itch that you're talking about. Specifically, specifically the meatball sub, because we smear it, we smear it with garlic butter, Mm. right? And we put the low moisture East Coast blend. Uh, mozzarella on it and we cook it like we would make garlic bread. So it's getting really toasted a little harder because we're melting that cheese and we're trying to get the milk solids and that cheese to kind of start to caramelize, right? So now you take that out of the oven and you got toasted Uncle Vinny's bread which is perfect in my eyes, right? Because it's got the crunch you're looking for but it's tender, tender tender and it's easy to eat you take that you put the meatballs in it more sauce you close it it crunches closed and then i can totally picture your beautiful face right now taking a bite out of that and smiling right because it's what you're looking for in um um uh, like a, a crunchy ooey gooey meatball sub chicken parm shrimp orange. See,
1: what you're saying, Right, this is what I love about your approach to food. It's that you're not messing with the childhood memories of eating Italian-American food in the tri-state area. You're doing mozzarella sticks and garlic bread and meatball parm heroes and all these things that we grew up eating. And you're not trying to, quote-unquote, chef it up and make it look different or trying to recreate the wheel. You're doing what we grew up eating, but you're doing it... With the sneaky little touches, you know, the little garlic butter on on the meatball parm hero, the little things that you go, this is what I remember eating growing up, but it's just a little bit better. Well, actually, it's a lot better sometimes. You know, it's it's, it's not the strip mall Italian-American. This is really good, like really, really good, but it's good because it's it's what I remember eating. It's what I loved about it in the first place.
0: You know, Rob, because the reality is we're still um, chefing it up. We still can't help ourselves. But you're what? doing
1: it in a way where it's not like unrecognizable. Like you're not, you're not oh, yeah. trying to oh, exactly. reinvent what a what a mozzarella stick is. Like it's oh. a mozzarella stick. It's just it, there's there's a chef brain behind it. It's not some robotic, frozen product thrown in a fryer later. It's, it, oh, it's there's a, it's there's effort. a smoke effort.
0: block of it's a block of low moisture mozzarella that we cut into you know, sticks and we and we bread them ourselves. You know what I mean. Um, no, yeah, no, I, I, I totally get it. Like, and, you know, if you think about eight years ago, um, I was twenty-nine years old, pretty much twenty-eight, right? And I was opening. I had the 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 luxury, the 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 lotto hitting dream of being able to have the uh, the means to open my restaurant with my vision, right? And I decided to put garlic bread on the menu. And I'm telling you, my friend, I'm not the kind of guy to say, oh, I was first, or I was this, or I was that. Um, But I am telling you, a lot of people looked at me sideways. A lot of people that I respect till this day, a lot of people that I don't know, a lot of people were like, I don't I don't even think at that point we even hit you guys with the mozzarella sticks because we were like gonna ease our way into that. You know, Fortina originally was not really meant to like it wasn't really like it was a little bougier, it was a little chefier. Yeah, totally in my head. It's the before. evolution.
1: You got confident in what you believed in. You went with your gut, you know, and that's such a, that's a, and I bring that up because that's a very natural thing, no matter what industry you're in, no matter how talented you are, no matter what you're doing, there's always going to be that inclination to sort of follow what's popular and, and what's comfortable. Like, you know, like, oh, trendy pizzeria, you know, like you said, a little bougie or that works. We've seen it work. We should do that. And then you start believing in yourself and you go, you know what? But but I kind of like this over here. Maybe nobody else is doing it, but I believe in it, and I'm going to do it.
0: There's also a little luck mixed in, Rob. I'm lucky that what I'm passionate about and what I love has mass appeal, dude. I am food, man. Right? Like, again, like someone must like me upstairs, dude.
1: All right, I'm going to throw a hot take at you to end this here. Uh, that's very specific to your restaurants. I'm curious to see how you react to this one. And I've said this publicly before. The best thing about your restaurants in terms of just the food, it's the vegetables. You, like seriously, like I, I know that's like everybody else will probably be like, wait, wait, you're not talking about the pizza. You're not talking about the pasta. Those are all great. Don't get me wrong. But honestly, like your vegetables, that arugula salad, I make that thing at home now. Like, I don't know if I'm making it quite like you do, but I'm making that at home. I, I like it, that dressing is so simple and so perfect. And I love pistachios and the way it all comes together. And I lay off the parm now because I got to watch my health. But, you know, I do miss the parm. You know, your your wood wood fired roasted carrots are a thing of beauty. Like my kids, I ate with my kids at Fortina, the one in Yonkers one time. I've never seen my kids eat vegetables so quickly and readily. Like, I'm telling you, man, that's the sleeper. People don't realize. You go to Fortina, you get yourself a Caesar salad. You get yourself an arugula salad. You get yourself wood-roasted vegetables. Like, 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 you cannot skip the vegetables at Fortina. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong.
0: Oh, man, dude. Thank, thank you. Thank you for saying that because, you know, Fortina was always, you know, we always wanted to do great. I always wanted to do great pizza and that was an evolution in itself. It's a whole other episode. Right. Um, but the food, I don't want to just, you know, be strong at pizza and make the food an afterthought. Right. Um, or vice versa, be, you know, food heavy and, but we have, and we have pizza on the menu. Like, wow, that's, that doesn't fly either. You know? Um, so, uh, the vegetables were very important to me. I always loved vegetables. I'll say something else. Uh, I have a half my arm is covered in in vegetables, right? And I remember um, I found the artist that I wanted to do, his name is John Sweeney. He became a very good friend of mine, right? And I remember going on the Google machine and typing veggie tattoos, vegetable tattoos. (laughs) Rob, there were none. There were none. We had nothing to reference. Blink sleep. First time I went in, um, John, God bless him, and I we bust chops all the time. He had a bunch of like, um, the schedule was a bunch of like belt like commodity vegetables, like <laughs> bell peppers and like cucumbers and like. And I was like, no, 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 no. And then um, we rescheduled, and I came back in with a basket of zucchini flowers, tomatoes, eggplants. Uh, garlic, rosemary, and the t- tattoo was based on that because we had no visual references. There was one tattoo on Google, and someone had a cute little radish, and that was it. Though, um, I implore you, go ahead and Google veggie tattoos or vegetable <laughs> tattoos. Right
1: that's something to do when you're in quarantine. Google veggie tattoo. Well, listen, Christian Petroni, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure to order. Are all the 14 is open right now for uh, takeout and delivery?
0: Um, the ones in Westchester, um, um, Armonk, Rybrook and Stanford, Connecticut are currently open and doing takeout. Um, we're doing a pizza kit, um, for next Tuesday, I'm doing my first pizza class. So you're going to be able to purchase, um, a stone, you know, I'm not. I'm not like. I'm not up selling stones. Like we just want you to have the equipment, man. You know, so like you'll be able to come in and get a stone, with some dough, um, the sauce, pepperonis, calabrian chilies, and honey, so you can make your own uh, mozzarella. So you can make your own uh, tenderoni pizzas at home. So uh, we're gonna keep having, keep having fun, keep, keep innovating,
1: keep pushing the envelope. Is Yonkers open still?
0: Yonkers right now is not open.
1: Okay, so it's Armonk, Rybrook, Stamford, Connecticut, Brooklyn closed and Yonkers closed. Gotcha. Okay, well make sure if you're in the Armonk area, Rybrook area, Stanford, Connecticut, check out Fortina. And if this is your first time tuning in, make sure to subscribe or follow us on your podcast listening app of choice. And if you like what you heard, please rate us five stars, of course. And you can leave a comment as well. Share with your friends. And if you want to get in touch with me personally, I'm on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at Rob Patron TV. Hot Takes on a Plate is part of the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V. You can find them at B-L-E-A-V dot